In this episode, we are discussing natal charts. We talk about how they work, discuss some of the really interesting components, share some of our own experiences, and even talk about some fun facts. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jamie, want to talk about natal charts today? I would love to. Natal charts are one of my most favorite things. And I wish that I had discovered and understood it sooner than I did in my life. Yeah, like about 20 years earlier. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we've done episodes, we did a past episode on like Enneagram, we've done a bunch of different episodes about things that you sort of go, oh, yeah, I identify with that, or that works for me, or I fit in this category, or I don't. And out of all of them, like not even just in the intuitive world, any kind of personality test, or do you check this box? For me, the only one that's ever incredibly accurate has been the, the natal chart for just, for me and for other people. Yeah, same. I, I completely agree. It's so comprehensive. Um, and I find myself always comparing whenever I take, like you said, the Enneagram test, I take that, I get the results. And then I'm already sort of without thinking about it, comparing it to my natal chart. Yeah. I'm always like, this is good, but it's no natal chart. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the Babylonians are credited with creating the, the natal chart and really coming up with astrology in general. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, astrology and astronomy were the same thing. They were just one. Right. Sentence, and then they broke off later. That could be a whole episode of that drama. Um, right. And there's so much to astrology, astrology, and there's so much to natal charts. Like there's no way I can break down every single thing. And like, we could discuss every part in this episode, but my hope is to give you a little overview, a snapshot, and to get you started and talk about some of the things that I think are super interesting about natal charts. How does that sound? Yeah, no, I don't think, and I don't really think that we need to do that big deep dive because I think that that's something that people need to be doing on their own, looking at their own chart. That's how you really start to understand a natal chart or a birth chart, if that's how someone's used to hearing it. Um, I, I think that it's something that you have to do with your own introspection involved. Yeah. And you have to allow it to be a learning process because it can be overwhelming when you get your natal chart. There's so many aspects and elements to it. Um, And, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, what's your this sign and what house is this in? And you're like, like scrambling for your chart. You don't need to memorize it. Just have it and sort of as you're going through different things in your life, refer to it. Or if you have people in your life, I feel like as a mother, it's such a great tool. Like, and you want to like refer to like understand something about someone. That's when I'm like, let's go to the natal chart and take a look. Yeah. And that's why people are actual astrologers. That's their career is because it's so in depth and actually really sort of scientific in in many places. It's definitely obviously intuition, but it's also science. Um, And that's why that's, what someone's actual occupation is because it's so in depth that you're not going to just like get your natal chart done and then completely understand it all. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I highly recommend going to an astrologer, like someone, you know, credited, like well-known 
um, because it's it's awesome and you'll get so much more out of it than if you just get one. Uh, later in the episode, I'm going to give you a few places where you can get them online, um, but I do absolutely recommend going to an astrologer. Right. So let's talk about what your natal chart is, basically. So I think of it as like a snapshot of where everything was in the sky at the time of your birth from the vantage point of where you were born. Exactly. So it's like the, the moment you come into the world, where was the moon? Where was each planet? Uh, where was the sun? Like what, where were they? And what does that mean about you? That's what it is. I saw it referred to as both your astrological fingerprint and your astrological DNA. And I loved those terms and that idea. I love both of those terms. There's also a wheel involved. So a lot of times you'll see this, it looks like a big circle and it's, it looks like it's like cut up into like little pie pieces Right. Um, and then there's these little symbols in each of those little pie pieces. Um, and th- those are your houses. And I'll, I'll talk about that. Uh, but that wheel is kind of representing where each planet was in that snapshot. So it's like all those little symbols are the planets or, you know, sometimes they even go into like comets and asteroids and stuff where that stuff was the moment you're born. That's what that circle is. Right. And the placement of all those things impact you because they're impacting, they're all made up of energy and you're made up of energy. So it's important to know where everything is. Exactly. Now there are, there are all different kinds of astrology. We talk about this all the time when we we go into anything that has roots in pagan culture or back in ancient times, right? Because um, you know, you can look at different natal charts, like from different parts of the world, like if it's Vedic astrology or Chinese astrology, and you're going to see some things that are different, but the main concepts of everything are the same throughout, which I think is super cool. Agreed. There are also two main theories about what, like, why do the, where the planets are in this thing that's set up, why is that accurate? Why does that represent you? So I thought I'd tell you the two theories. I believe one of them more than the other, but I'm, I'm open to people's opinions. So I want to hear what you think, Jay, and I want to hear what the listeners think too. Okay. Okay. So theory number one is that the placement of all of the planets, sun, stars, all of that kind of stuff, moon, that when the moment that you are born and you come into this world, that that energy of where all that things, all those things are influences who you become. So you're born and you are influenced by these powerful things. That's theory number one. Yeah. Theory number two, which is the one that I like better, says that you pass into this world, right? You come into this world at the exact moment when the energy of the universe matches up with the energy of who you are. So it sort of creates, this is a little trippy, so bear with me. It sort of creates like a portal, from wherever you believe you are before into here that you can travel through because the position of all of the sun and the stars and the planets mimic the energy of you, allowing you to come into this world. Whoa. <laughs> I've never heard that theory before. I love that theory. I, I just can't get behind the idea that you know your soul is going to be so changed when you get here by mm-hmm. the position of the planets. And what I know about energy and like 
like the pull of energy and, and things like reflecting the same thing. That second theory makes more sense to me. I love it. Now that you say it. Yeah, it's kind of fun, right? But you yeah. and there are other theories before besides those two, but those are kind of the two main schools of thought. Right. Um, some other terms that you might hear is genethical astrology. It's the same thing as natal astrology. You might hear someone say your birth chart. Again, same thing as your natal chart, all the same. And then also being referred to as your horoscope. Yes. Now, in our culture, in like American culture, when you say, what's your horoscope or um, tell me about your astrology or what's your sign, what people are referring to is your sun sign. Which is literally only like a fraction of what you need to know. Exactly. It's this teeny tiny piece of who you are. So somebody who just says like, what's your sun sign? I think that's cool and I'm happy to tell anybody who asks me that, but I don't, I know this isn't someone actually really into astrology. Agreed. If you say to me, what's your big three, then I'm like, oh, you're into astrology. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Your big three is your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. So I'll explain those later, but it's sort of like this little it's this little sort of like indication if this person actually knows about a lot about astrology or if they just sort of read the horoscope once in a while. Both are okay, no judgment. It's just like a little indicator. Well, in in, in their defense, up until very, very, very recently, all you really saw in, you know, sort of pop culture or, you know, um, whatever was trending in the moment, all you ever heard about was your sun sign. Exactly. That's all we that's all we were exposed to until recently. Exactly. And if, if you read your sun sign and you're like, um, that doesn't totally connect with me, you're not alone. And it's, that's totally normal because it's just this one specific aspect. And I'll tell you what that is in a, in a couple of minutes, but it's just this one part of who you are. I actually exactly. find that my moon sign is the one that I really connect with. And I think that makes sense. Cause that's like your intuition and your subconscious, right? So You'll see as we go through these that just looking at your sun sign is not going to tell you nearly as much as like this wealth of information waiting for you in your other in your other parts of your natal chart. So in order to get your natal chart, what you need is the time, date and place of your birth. Correct. Okay. Now, if you don't know the exact time that's common. There's a, there's two, there's a couple of things you can do. And if you see an astrologer, they can actually help you with some other tools than what I'm going to give you. But Uh the rule of thumb is to just use 12 noon. Or you could call the town hall and order a copy of your birth certificate. Like I did. (laughs) Jamie, that's amazing. (laughs) I didn't know. And I needed to know. I totally get that. I, I'm the same way. I actually, every time I'm like looking again, I have to call my mom and ask her what time I was born again because I can never remember. Um, that's a theme for me. We need to discuss that at some point that like I can't hold on to certain aspects of my own life. Um, yes. <laughs> but you can use noon. Now, this is because it's sort of like a safe spot. It's like midway through the day. So most likely it's going to be accurate, but you know, something like your sun sign, you're probably good, but like your moon sign and other planets, they move a lot. So you could be getting a not incredibly accurate reading if you don't have the exact time. 
Yeah, I'm going to actually push everybody to actually get the accurate time if you can. I think it's I think it's really important to be um, as precise as you can be with something like this. I agree. It's worth it for the amazing amount of information you'll get. So it's worth it. It, it really is. What I've done for people, because people ask me a lot, like, how do I find out more about astrology? Um, I encourage people to muscle test or will sometimes muscle test for them to mm-hmm. find the time. And it's usually pretty accurate. So yeah. if you don't know how to muscle test, you can look that up. I'm not sure I can accurately describe it on here, but there's a couple different ways to do it. And then you can just test the times to see what you because your body knows that answer. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's what that would you need a visual for the, the muscle testing needs a visual. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. But if you know someone who can do it or, um, you know, you want to like learn how to do it, you can certainly look it up and then you can do, you can try it out. There's a few different ways. I like to use the finger method. Like if your fingers latch, it's a yes. If they pull apart easily, it's a no, but again, you can look at that. Yep. Okay. So the two places that I wanted to recommend that you get charts, the first is a free one and that is cafe astrology. Um, Mm -hmm. You can get a free, super long, detailed report, and you can print it out. You can save it. Um, I encourage you to print it. (laughs) I think they need a hard copy. (laughs) Yeah, I think I first I sort of copied it and pasted it into the notes section of my phone. Smart. Um, And then the other thing is actually an app that you told me about, Jamie. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the Sanctuary app. I love that. I use that app almost every single day. Um, it's not free. I believe it's like six ninety nine or something. Just once though. It's not. Yeah. It's a one-time perfect. fee and it's super worth it. <laughs> I think it's like aesthetically pleasing. It's very user-friendly. It's so easy to navigate and figure out and they give you all these like pro tips and, um, sort of cheat sheets about what everything means. They don't, it's not like they just plop everything down in your reading and then you're left with it. Yes. And not only can you get needle chart information on there, but then you can get specific to you, um, like sort of horoscope readings for like the time, like, or the month or whatever you can, you can get that. So there's so much there. Um, we're not sponsored by them. We don't get anything from it. If they want to sponsor us, give us a call sanctuary, but we're not, but, but that's what I would, I would recommend. And we'll put these in the show notes for you guys to find as well. Um, but there's so much to your charts. I'm not going to go into all of it, but I'm just going to give you a quick, I'm going to quickly name all of the aspects of a natal chart. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Planets, signs, moon phases, aspects. Aspects are the distance between planets Mm -hmm. and in degrees. So if you see like a, a 60 degree aspect, that's what that is. Asteroids and comets, elements, nodes, transits, houses, modalities. So that's cardinal, fixed, mutable. And those are just the main ones. I've seen other things in addition to all that stuff. And that is just for your natal chart. Just for you and your chart. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought what might be kind of fun would be to talk about the two things that I, I find the most interesting. And that is the planets and the houses. Okay. I feel like the signs are pretty, like most people know about the signs. You Mm -hmm. can really find that information. It's super fun to look up 
go, go find information about the signs. But if going through that, I feel like if you don't know what sign is in each one for yourself, like it, you would go over your head. So we're going to start and we're going to talk a little bit about the planets first. Okay. So first let's talk about the sun. So this is the one that everybody knows, right? Yeah. The sun represents your identity, your sense of self and individuality, and also your ego. Yes. Now, isn't it interesting, Jamie Hayhurst, that in today's culture that's so focused on ego, really the only horoscope sign that's popular is the sun sign? Yeah, it's like not shocking at all, actually. (laughs) It's super not shocking. Yeah. So this is like your general overall approach to life, your values, your creative energy. It's like how you think of the sun, like how you radiate into the world, how you shine into the world. That's what this is. So Jean, what is your sun sign? I'm a cancer. Okay. I'm a Taurus. Mm -hmm. So do you feel, how do you feel like your sun sign reflects you? Do you feel like that's, that's accurate? Like that's how you show up in the world? Yes, (laughs) I do. Um, Cancers are nurturing their home bodies. They're all emotions and feelings. That's very much me. Yeah. And I like to think like, when you think of your sun sign, would other people describe you with the traits of that sign? Sort of. I mean, <laughs> I sort of have my own like origin story with astrology and natal charts, but yeah, I think a lot of people would call me that. Yeah. And I, I also think that the sun sign, when you're thinking of how other people look at you is very skewed. So yeah. I think you also have to think of it like if if a few people just met you for a couple of hours, what would they describe you as, right? Right. It's a little bit different than like people who really know you. Yes. My sun sign is Taurus. And I think um, the parts of me that I present right away are very Mm Taurus-y. Other parts I keep sort of back. So I think that's really interesting. So when people are like, oh, yeah, you're such a Taurus, I kind of laugh like (laughs) – (laughs) that's what I wanted you to see that's all I'm allowing you to notice (laughs) so you may feel that way too right um so your moon sign this is Mm -hmm. my one this is your inner world and emotions your intuition uh your emotional needs and it's kind of like your internal monologue with yourself Mm -hmm. what's your moon sign Jay I am again a cancer I'm a double cancer yeah so, so big, big feelings, big emotions, big like introversion, all that stuff. Isn't it cool that the the way you present to the world and your inner world are the same sign? <laughs> yeah, but it, it's very overwhelming, I think, like for me sometimes, but also for other people. Well, it's kind of like like people are really seeing you. Right. That's that's very vulnerable. Yes. And vulnerability is your favorite. I know that. (laughs) Um, Mine is Libra, which is really funny to me because that's very accurate. Um, Libras are like, they love love and they are incredibly intuitive and incredibly emotional, but incredibly balanced in their incredible emotionalness. Yeah. And that is, um, very truly me, a a very squishy, very emotional, but still very balanced person. And Mm -hmm. that's something you only kind of get to, 
to come into if I know you really well. Right. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Your rising sign. I This is my favorite to ask people and the funniest because I can never remember my own rising sign. And Jamie, I, I remember you like sitting across from me kind of being like, I was like, I don't relate at all to my rising sign. This isn't right. And you were like, oh, baby, <laughs> you're so wrong. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because you and I both have like these strange relationships with our rising signs. We both have had like sort of these road bumps with them, like these speed bumps with them for some reason. I consider myself someone like very comfortable with who I am and very knowledgeable of who I am. I know a lot about astrology and stuff, but when people, if we're together and someone asks me what my rising sign is, I look over at you for you to answer. (laughs) What is is it, Heather? What is your rising? (laughs) I wrote it down. So my rising sign is cancer. Yes, it is. The funny thing about that is that that's like the, that's the nurturer, right? That's like this nurturing, caring person. And I, I remember saying to you, like, isn't that so off for me? That's not who I am. (laughs) And you were like, whoa. (laughs) Right. Like we need to do some work around like the terminology of nurturer. They're like redefining it because that's what you do. Yes. So your rising sign is the impression that you make on other people, like the you that you, not just that you project, but the you that other people receive. Right. And that's what, that's what you do in your work. That's, that's how you help people. You help, you bring balance to their life. Like the Libra in you brings the balance of the ego, the intuition, but you nurture them through that. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I hear that and I'm like, that's not accurate. And then I say it to you or to anybody who knows me and they're like, what are you talking about? So, and then you repress it and forget about it and black out. <laughs> and I have to ask you what my rising sign is. <laughs> Even you guys were recording this. We had to try me saying my rising sign like four times before the recording would work. So even the energy around me saying it gets all wonky. Things happen. So we got to move on from the rising sign before I break something. But Jay, what's your rising sign? So I'm going to make everyone listen to my like rising sign origin story because I think it's actually like really helpful if you're the type of person who you're thinking like this doesn't hit for me or my sun sign isn't me or if you have sort of preconceived notions about what different signs are, um, take this lesson from me, learn this lesson from me. I had to learn it the hard way. I, I really wanted to find out what my whole chart was. Um, but like I said, I didn't have my birth certificate. I didn't know when I was born and I really wanted to know. So I got it in the mail and then I plopped all the information in and I will never forget the moment was sitting alone on my couch with my phone, put all the stuff in and I looked at the results and I saw the rising and I literally thought to myself, Oh my God, I can't be that. (laughs) I'm never, and I'm never telling anyone this again. I'm never telling anyone that this is as you tell us on a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I'm never saying this. And I'm telling you this because, first of all, it speaks to the preconceived notions we have about certain signs. And because this was like a watershed moment for me when I actually looked into this sign, which is Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio rising. Mm -hmm. When I looked into that, it 
is me. It is so me. And it was like, it was, it actually was a life changing moment for me. And I didn't even realize it as it was happening. I was so resistant to it. And then when I looked into it, I was like, oh my God, it like unlocked the door, all these puzzles of like how I'm viewed, how people see me, how it doesn't always line up with how I feel like I'm presenting all these issues with, with myself and like the way I present myself. I finally understood it all. I love that so much. And I love it now. I'm like, I'm Scorpio rising. Oh, I'm Scorpio. Yeah. That's like your Lydia Beats element to who you are. It's, it's perfect. I have a theory. What's my, that? my theory is this. If you grew up in a way that you felt like for whatever reason, you had to edit or hide or shift who you were to other people. Yeah. I think learning your rising sign and sitting with your rising sign and, and really seeing it and hearing it and feeling it is a difficult but beautiful process. Yes. Worth the effort and the work to really look into it and, and sit with it and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, think about that. If you spend your childhood trying to project and even like your young adulthood, trying to project a certain um, you know, impression upon people, an aspect of yourself as a way to keep yourself safe. So many empathic kids do this, right? Yeah. And, and then suddenly you have to stare at what that really is, not the version you're trying to control. You know, right. there's an element of it. The reason you were controlling it in the first place is because there's some part of that that doesn't feel safe. Exactly. But that who is really you. Yes. So it's worth this, the leaning into and like having that moment that you had. And, and we joke about it, but I, I am, am doing work partially forced by you on the nurturer word. Cause clearly there's like a trigger for me in that. Right. Um, be like, there's so much about being um, like vulnerable and emotional and seen as sweet and kind that make, I literally feel nauseous when her, when I hear myself described that way. And it isn't because I don't like those traits. It's because that feels scary for people to see me like that. So I really think your rising sign also, sometimes people call it your ascendant, just so you know, that's the same thing. Um, I think there's so much juicy stuff in that and your reaction to it. So really lean into that. That's my favorite to ask people about and to see their reaction to. And I think that that's why an app like Sanctuary is really good because when you look at your chart on there, it tells you what a Scorpio rising is and how it presents. Because I think that there are sort of these stereotypes around a lot of the signs, mm-hmm. right? That like cancers are emotional and cry all the time. Mm. Like I'm a double cancer and I don't cry all the time. No, um, I rarely see you cry. And Scorpios, I think, are stereotyped to be sort of like aggressive and mean and cutting. Mm-hmm. And really, after I started doing the work of that, I realized that that they're just very passionate and intense and mysterious. And that's what that's where the the cross lines were was that people were were seeing that sort of like mysterious like they can't really see beyond what they're initially seeing and meeting me Mm -hmm. they can't then reconcile it with this like warm squidgy cancer underneath 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. do. Once you get that information, it unlocks the door. Agreed. Agreed. And my, my sun sign is Taurus. And I think when most people think of Taurus, they think of stubborn. Right. And I always thought like, well, I don't really like that word. That's such a negative word. Right. But when I think about how I project myself, I think I project myself in a way like I'll keep going till it gets done. I'm going to make it happen. You saw that tonight when the Wi-Fi wouldn't work, Jamie. I throw a fit, I'll get it done, and it's freaking happening, and I'm not giving up. So in that way, yes. So sometimes it's just like your surface impression of the word that kind of messes you up. Right. Like how about the word determined instead of stuff? Exactly. Exactly right. All right. So Mercury um, Mm -hmm. rules communication and how you express yourself to people. So Jamie, what is your Mercury sign? My Mercury is Leo. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Sort of yeah, like sort of the line. Strong. Yeah. Yep. I think you are yep. a strong communicator. Think about how like fired up you get on the podcast. That's part of your job is to be fired up. I love that. Yes. It's a lovely job also, <laughs> by the way. Um, mine is Taurus. <laughs> See, you have a lot of that, like really for me, when I think of Taurus and you, I think of like steadfast. Yeah. It's a very, grounded, yeah. Yes. Very grounded. I don't have to put a lot of effort into being grounded. Um, because right. I have so much, I have more, you'll hear all the Taurus in my chart. And I think that that's a big part of it. So yeah, that steadfast, determined, steady sort of hand. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so Venus is a fun one for me. So this really rules like your wants and your needs. I think of like a goddess or a diva or like uh, Marie Antoinette sort of figure of like indulge yourself in all of the things that you want. That's what your Venus is. Yeah, like desires. Yes. It's also your idealized version of love, your perception of beauty, and what people are drawn to about you. Yep. That nailed it. (laughs) What's yours? Cancer again. Of course it's cancer. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And no wonder that's a, that's like a, a point for you to like the way that people see you isn't cancer. Right. right. Your rising sign isn't that, but there's so many, all of these other aspects of you are that like squidgy, emotional person. That's exactly. amazing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so mine is Gemini. Ooh. See, and I think that this is another sign that gets a bad rep. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Gemini people think are just like people who are all over the place all the time. And like, or, and like, or like duplicitous and tricky, like two faced. Yes, exactly. Like there's always something behind the curtain kind of thing. Right. Um, but what I love about that is if if people are like, tell me your wants and desires, like it, depending on the hour, that's going to be different. And so I feel like that Gemini energy makes a ton of sense to me. Agreed. I yeah. also think that people are drawn to me because I'm different. So I think that that is an interesting aspect too. It's a great point. Yeah. Um, I think people are drawn to you because you're cool. And I think that kind of fits your sign too. Like, oh, she's cool. <laughs> Just so you guys know, people call Jamie cool all the time and they never describe me that way. But we joke about it a lot. <laughs> I can't believe you're telling everybody that. I am not. I am a cool mom. I love to tell my kids I'm a cool mom. But yeah, they don't Jamie like is so cool. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <with me." laughs> 
love it. All right. Um, Mars. So I think of Mars as telling me how you take action in the world. So like kind of purpose related, it's like your inner warrior, um, your passion, your motivation, um, your sexual inclination is in there too. So um, I, I find Mars to be fascinating. So what's your Mars? Mine is Gemini. Oh, ooh, I love it. That. That's yeah. perfect. Mine is yeah, it. what is it? Taurus again. Oh, everywhere. Just everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. It is. Isn't that funny? It's everywhere in the in like the how people are viewing you. And then when it comes to like your inner self, it's not in any of those. So I think that's fascinating. It's fascinating. So Jupiter is kind of your relationship to abundance, sort of even like they use the word luck a lot, which is interesting. Fortune, expansion, philosophy. It's kind of like how you get to your next level is how I think of Jupiter. Exactly. I I always think of expansion. Yeah. What's your Jupiter sign? Leo again. So confidence. And what was the other one that was Leo? Um, my Mercury. Oh, so the, both the way that you communicate and the way that you sort of grow and expand are Leo. That's really interesting. I agree. There's gotta be a lot of abundance connected to you then for using your voice. I think you are right about that. (laughs) My Jupiter is, um, Sagittarius. What, how would you describe Sagittarius? So I think of Sagittarius is like the person who can say yes to anything and does, and then like figures it out when they do it. Right. Like kind of like a go-getter or um, someone that just like a make it happen type of person. Yeah. And like in a, in a sort of weirdly lucky way, like if someone like asked you to do something, you had no idea how to do that Sagittarius energy. You would just like, you would figure it out and then do it better than everyone else. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's what I think of with that. So it's kind of like a lucky sort of sign. So that's, I think that's kind of cool to be in your luck house. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Saturn is, I love the Saturn. (laughs) We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, Jamie, do you know what goes really well with listening to a podcast? A great cup of coffee. Yep. And if you're local to South Shore, Massachusetts, you've got to check out Restoration Coffee. They're a specialty coffee shop that's been voted best coffee on the South Shore numerous times. And they offer more than just a great cup of coffee. They have specialty lattes, breakfast and lunch options, a cool vibe, and a really friendly staff. And if you're local or not, you can also order their beans, which are roasted in-house, by the way, and have them shipped anywhere. Yes. I'm going to go grab myself an Americano. Yo, grab me a Rachel with oat milk. That's my favorite latte. All right. You got it. And you know what, Jay? The owner is also really hot. Um, You should know you're married to him. <laughs> All right. Visit restoration-coffee.com. That's restoration-coffee.com. And tell them that the intuitive girl sent you. So Saturn is your fears and limitations. Okay. So what is your Saturn sign? Mine is Virgo. Ooh. So very like detail oriented, very sort of 
controlling. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So mine is actually Scorpio. Ooh, interesting. So there's an interesting thing about this that I just wanted to tell you. And this is, I found this on the, um, the sanctuary app. So it's um, Saturn and Scorpio appears in charts for people born between 1982 and 1985. So that's me. I'm, I'm 1983. Yep. So these folks experience their Saturn return season between 2012 and two, 2015. Yep. So I'm telling you this because you want to know your Saturn and then you also want to know when your Saturn return is because that's when you're going to bust through a lot of your fears and limitations and kind of have to deal with them. And you get three of those in every lifetime. You have three Saturn returns. And so it's sort of said that you have these really three really big life shifts and those come in that, in that time. Yeah. And they can be really hard tumultuous times, but they're always this time of up leveling. Huge change, yeah. Um, but also very, like, a very difficult thing to go through. But I, I wouldn't look at it with like fear and dread. Mm. I'd look at it sort of like, like the caterpillar becoming the butterfly sort of feeling. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So I love, I love this next one because it's Uranus, or some people say Uranus. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> but it's the it represents love and shock value. I mean. It just loves shock value. Like, <laughs> so the fact that its name has the word anus in it is hilarious. Right. And the fact that people use it to be funny and shocking. It's perfect. It's so it's so perfect. So yeah. apparently if, if you're like an adult, you're supposed to say Uranus. You say Uranus. Yes. But you're still saying urine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Right. Like you're still saying something like shocking i suppose yeah i guess so think of uranus or uranus as i think of it as the ta- the tower card in tarot like it's yeah. it's like okay destruction is happening so if you just went through like your saturn return mm-hmm. the next thing is sort of like okay everything's kind of in a state of, like everything's on fire <laughs> Everything's a dumpster fire. And now I'm going to rebuild and and really focus on my future. And it's going to be this really kind of amazing process. Yeah, it's all to me, it's all about breaking patterns. Exactly right. And um mine in mine is um Sagittarius again. What's yours? Oh, yeah. Mine's Scorpio. Oh. So like deep, deep, mysterious feeling, like dark that for me that's where like where the darkness comes in is like yes yes I like that for you though yeah it, that tracks <laughs> tracks <laughs> oh and and for me I just want to say Sagittarius being in there kind of indicates that there's some sort of natural element for me or ease for me to be in those states and I think that makes sense for like my purpose and, and sort of being with people in their own sort of states of that. So I just, I figured I'd add that in. That's a really good point. Yeah. So Neptune um, represents your subconscious, your intuition, your creativity. It's really your subconscious. It's like your blind spots, the things you don't see about yourself and sort of them coming in all of a sudden to fruition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's yours, Jay? Sagittarius. Mine too. Is it? Yeah. Nice. Yay. How fun. Um, I think of like 
your inner Alice in Wonderland, like trippy adventure into your subconscious. Like that's Neptune. That's how I think of it. Love it. Yeah. So Pluto um, is your, your secrets and your undercover information. It's like, you have to really deep dive into that. It's a lot of, it's a lot of surrender, but it's also a lot of your sort of your quote unquote dark side or your dark energy. Yeah. I think there's a lot of darkness with Pluto. Yeah. And think about, think about Pluto too. Like it, it, like, is it a planet? Is it not? It is a dwarf. Like it kind of refuses to fit into stuff. And like, it sort of is there, but it's not like that's so, so perfect for the energy of the sign. Yeah. Not conforming. Yes, exactly. And I got to just say too, if you're hearing me say like your dark side or your dark energy or or leaning into that, that does not mean evil. You've got to take out that sort of like weird patriarchal patriarchal view of that. Right. Realize that it's just the stuff that is, is sort of more below the surface for you than the stuff that's more up on the surface. Right. Exactly. So what is yours, Jay? Mine is Libra. So I'm like balanced in the dark. I love that. Mm. That's what mine is. What? Libra. Nice. <laughs> matches. Our, our, our dark planets really line up with each other. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I also want to say when it comes to the planets, your inner planets, which are all of the planets that are closer to the sun, are your light energy and the stuff that's easily seen by other people. Right, exactly. Your outer planets, what we're talking about, are the darker ones. There's less light in them. And they're the stuff that you have to really dive below the surface to find and see. Right, not as much exposure. Exactly. All right. So the other, there's just three other elements to this that I want to go over when it comes to the planets. And that the next one is your descendant. Mm-hmm. So this sign, this is the thing that's 180 degrees, exactly opposite of your rising sign. Yes. So it's sort of like the thing that balances the energy of your rising sign. Right. And this is what you seek in other people. So mm-hmm. your rising sign is what, what other people are seeing in you, right? right. And the, your descendant is what you are seeking in other people. So what is yours? Mine is Taurus. <laughs> Mine is Capricorn. Incredible. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, Also, it doesn't mean that you're, Jay, like you need to marry a Taurus. Instead, it means you're seeking the traits of a Taurus in somebody else. So people who have that stable, grounded energy are people that you naturally seek out. Right. Well, in in my own personal life, I think of Taurus as being balanced and I'm, I am, (laughs) I'm not unbalanced. No, but, but I'm very, um, all or nothing like right or wrong mm-hmm. you know, or that type of energy. Um, and so for me that uh, having someone that brings balance in, helps me balance myself with that mm-hmm. is, is crucial. I love that. I love that. Um, your midhaven, I feel like oh, midhaven, like looking into this is becoming like trendy right now. It is. You didn't hear about it for so long and now everyone's talking about mid havens and they're really interesting. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that everyone's looking at this now because this is what was in the very center of the sky. Yes. And this is basically your public persona or your image or the character that you play in the public. It's so think of, 
think of yourself on how you project yourself on social media, like think mm-hmm. and far beyond that. But like, right. I think that that's really interesting that that's now becoming popular. Agree. Because that's, that's your, like you said, th- social media is such an important part of our world that we're sort of filtering ourselves through these channels. And so it's very important to think about how you're projecting yourself. Yeah. And it isn't just in like the icky cultivating your influencer kind of way. It's kind of like, how do you show up to sort of like, quote unquote, perform what you do? Right. Like what aspects of you shine in that or which do you naturally gravitate towards? Exactly. What's your Midhaven, Jay? Leo. Oh, oh my God. That lines up so well with the with like how you communicate and how you are with manifesting. I love that all of those line up for you. Yeah. Um, mine is Aries. And so that's like being a leader basically and kind of being fiery and, and dramatic and um, like a lot of actors and actresses are right. these signs. So, and that's my only Aries in my whole chart. <laughs> I think Aries gets a bad rep sometimes too, like the God of war, that energy. But I think that it can just be very, um, powerful and commanding yeah. and that's not bad. And it's also dramatic and that really yeah. tracks because I know I'm not like super dramatic unless it's like, cause I made a video on social media, people get mad or something. And then I'm like here for the fight. So like it, it right. does track. <laughs> right. True. True. All right. And then lastly, I have, um, your IC, which is your Imam Coeli. Yep. And that is what is at the bottom of the sky. So this is the opposite, direct 180 degrees or directly across down, if you will, from your midhaven. And this is your most private self and how you create security. And it's the aspect of yourself that you protect. Interesting. So what's yours, Jay? Aquarius. (gasps) Ooh. Mm -hmm. Lovely. So you protect sort of that like hippie change the world like let's let's progress like you keep that very protected but it is so true to who you are that's like the inside and then I present with the Scorpio rising yes mine is Libra again balance moon sign again it's that the Libra shows up for me a lot in those like inner things I protect kind of uh way so I think that's right thing um, and, and Libras like to, in order to like, kind of get into themselves, they actually focus on other people's needs and it, it like helps them. And that's, that again, is just like one of the most accurate things I've ever read about myself. <laughs> Agreed. That is so you. Yeah. All right. So the other thing that I think is really fun is the 12 houses. So I just thought I'd quickly go over what those are, what they represent and then yeah. give you some fun facts about astrology. What do you think? Love it. So if you look at the wheel that we talked about before, it's divided into 12 sections. So those 12 pieces of pie. Right. Um, and so you're, when you look at it, there's 12 of those, but then there's like 10 planets placed in that. So it's normal for there to be ones, like there be houses without any signs in it. That's normal. People kind yeah. of look at their chart and they're like, oh my God, there's nothing over there. But that's right. totally normal. Yes. Um, I love just looking at that for people because sort of the way it forms, I feel like tells you a lot about people. Agreed. Mine, this will be shocking to you, Jamie, <laughs> almost equally balanced on both sides in the diagonal shape. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's perfect for you. 
right? So it's it's interesting. Do you know what yours looks like? Like, can you describe it at all? Yeah. So mine's clustered. Like if you're thinking about it, like a, if it was a clock, a lot of mine's clustered between 12 and three o'clock. Oh, all together. Like all in that one strong area. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So your first house um, is the impressions, fresh starts and beginnings. So I want you to think of the houses as sort of like getting you more specific on your planetary identity and placement. So it's like, okay, so let's say Uranus, you know, you have this sign in your seventh house there, like you're, you're just getting more information and getting even more specific about that sort of planet and that sign for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's like another layer of learning. So you, like we said earlier that you start with asking about someone's sun sign and then you learn about their top three and then you're learning about all your planets. And then generally the next step is learning about the houses. Exactly. So if, so just for a quick example, if your, your first house, so that's like new beginnings and stuff like that, let's say that's in Mercury. Mm-hmm. Right? then when you have new starts and stuff, they're going to have a lot to do with communication and using that voice. So that's sort of like what this kind of stuff tells you. Exactly. It's zooming in on a microscope. Like you're just looking down even another level further. Exactly right. Your second house is like your material and physical environment. It includes Mm -hmm. your your five senses and uh, your income and your self-esteem. Yeah, money. Money, yep. Um, your third house is communication. Mm-hmm. Your fourth house is like your foundation. It's super root chakra to me. So it's like home, security. Uh, it's that nurturing, mothering element as well. Yeah. Your fifth house is self-expression. Your sixth is health and, and service. Your seventh is relationships. Yep. Your eighth house, eighth house. This one's wacky to me. I don't know how you feel about the eighth house. It's birth, death, sex, and transformation. They're all the same thing. <laughs> I know, but it's so like, whoo. Like. <laughs> well, it shows like how the spectrum of things really are all very interconnected. It really gives me that like circle of life vibe and also Absolutely. like that whole like goddess apple, like it blossoms, it falls to the ground, it rots, but it, it goes back into the earth as a seed and grows. Yes. Like that is the eighth house to me. Love it. The ninth house is like your higher mind expansion and also travel. Yep. Tenth is your public image, um, your career and how you show up as like an authority figure. Mm-hmm. Your 11th is like, friendships, groups, teams, how you connect with other people. And your 12th is endings and hidden strengths. Love that part. Isn't that cool? Okay. So let's do some fun facts about astrology. Mm -hmm. And then I also know, Jay, that you have a list of some astrologers that people can follow um, on social media that are awesome. Listen, they're not all awesome. Oh, no, they are not all awesome. A lot of them are not awesome. Yeah. So we'll, I'll have you give that list too, but we'll also put that in the show notes. Yep. So I got a lot of this stuff on um, Ascent Astrology and bestlifeonline.com. You can look it up. I verified what I could. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's see. The first one that I have is uh, the horizontal line that runs from your ascending or your rising sign to your descending sign is is where the horizon is 
like from your vantage point where you're born. Oh, like the actual, like literal horizon line. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Isn't that kind of cool? I love that. Um, When the planets are direct, they go counterclockwise around your chart. When they are in retrograde, they go clockwise around. You would think it would be the opposite. I agree. Yeah. Interesting. I think so too. The majority of presidents are Scorpios or Pisces. Really? Yeah. And this is sun signs, by the way. Huh. That's interesting. Only ever been three Gemini presidents, which makes up the least popular sign for a president. I bet there weren't a lot of cancer presidents. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get I didn't get those figures. But yeah. They didn't make the list. <laughs> a little too sensitive. Well, here's something interesting about cancers. They are the most frequently arrested. What? Now really? I, had, I had trouble confirming that. <laughs> so I found so many articles that said the FBI, on the FBI's website, cancers are listed as the most frequently arrested. And I looked on the FBI's website. I tracked, I literally found 30 to 40 websites that claimed this, but I could not find anything on the FBI's website. Now, does that mean it's not there? No, but I couldn't, I couldn't prove that, but I still think it's a fun fact anyways. I know that there are some, my daughter loves the astrological signs of serial killers I know that's a big thing on the interwebs. Yeah. Pisces and Gemini are the most common signs for serial killers. Good to know. Good to know. No, good to know. Um, The oldest horoscope was discovered um, and it was for the date April 29th, 410 BC. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I think so. Um, And so they kind of consider that date the birth of astrology because that's when they found it. Wow. That's cool. Um, an analysis of the Forbes list of billionaires. Um, the, the most popular sign on that list. Do you want to take a guess? It's not cancer. It's not cancer. No. <laughs> Scorpio rising. <laughs> what is it? Aries. That's not surprising at all. Agreed. Especially the, the rich people who would be public about it and make a list would certainly be an Aries. Right. Because you don't, Aries don't care. They're so confident and like self-affirmed. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No. They're just like, look at me. Here I am crushing it. Going to get my money. Yeah, exactly. Um, A man named Fran Ellsberth Ebertine, who is a German astrologer. um, It's claimed by him. And I couldn't totally confirm this, but there's definitely some validity to this statement. Okay. Um, he predicted that like Hitler's rise to power and then fall based on his natal chart. Oh, really? Yes. You know what I love about a natal chart? I love when astrologers do natal charts for events. Yes. I love that too. They have a different name and I can't think of it now because they're not yeah. actually natal charts, but they're, they're like charts on a certain... Uh, event in like what so let's say like uh 9-11 or something yeah. um what was going on in the sky that day and how does it in that time and how does it match up with the events super fascinating a rabbit hole i recommend everybody fall down yeah lots of the astrologers i follow were doing it for january 6th for the insurrection and they were running the charts for that and it was mind-blowing yeah everyone who was like 
I was so surprised that, you know, 2020 and 2021 were such dumpster oh. years. I'm like, if you were following astrology, you would not be that surprised. <laughs> no, astrologers were like waving their hands in the air, trying to get our attention for literally years before 2020 saying we have to be prepared for 2020. Yes. And to be clear, none of them were saying there's going to be a pandemic and you're going to have to be locked in your house. And then there's going to be all this, you know, like civil rights stuff coming up and it's going to be so many things like basically the patriarchy is going to start falling. It's going to be a hot mess. They weren't saying that they were saying, I don't know what's going on, but the whole world changes and that we're somehow all connected through it. And so when you look back at that, it's like, I remember that. I remember thinking like, why are they being so dramatic? I remember being like, what's happening? What what am I supposed to do to prepare for this? Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, oh, another fun fact, horoscopes became kind of popular again in sort of like modernly popular. Mm -hmm. And an astrologer wrote a horoscope for Princess Margaret right after she was born. He put it in paper. Yeah. So they published her natal chart in the newspaper right after she was born. And then suddenly everyone wanted to know they are needle charts. Wow. Now they're in every newspaper and online forum. Yes. Love it. I think you'll find this one interesting, Jay. Democrats are more into astrology than Republicans. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. And I think you could get a million different reasons for why people think that that's true. Agreed. Agreed. You know what I mean? And then here's this other fun fact that I'm going to put right behind it because I have a theory about it. Shocker. I have a theory. A lot of very, very like well-known famous, I'll say Republicans or maybe people with more conservative points of view have hired or currently employ astrologers. That I have heard. And it makes me so mad when I hear that. (laughs) Furious. For instance, President Reagan hired an astrologer after his assassination attempt. Yeah, I bet he did. Yeah. So there are so many interesting things. Again, I invite you to fall down that rabbit hole of very wealthy, patriarchal white men who on their staff have more than one astrologer and not just in politics, in the business world. I mean, it's really interesting. But we'll never admit it. Like they don't actually talk about their astrologer. It's this hidden aspect. Exactly right. JP Morgan is like very famous for having an astrologer and actually for talking about how like, how can you run a major company without an astrologer on your staff? So kind of like breaks the mold and also kind of famously, I believe, avoided getting on the Titanic. So I don't know that what you will. Right. That That's also a new trend with astrology is people using astrology to work with this, the new Bitcoin phenomena. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So you're mixing the two, right? Like you think sort of the practical, logical money, patriarchy, capitalism stuff, but then, but then it's, we're using intuitive, more intuitive stuff to line it up. Exactly. It just goes to show you that one of the biggest traits of the patriarchy is to take sort of these intuitive pagan things, use them for themselves and then tell everyone else they can't use them. Hypocrisy. Yes. Right. Okay. Tauruses have a more heightened sense of touch. Oh, do you agree with that? 
I do. I, I couldn't confirm this other than the fact that my sun sign is Taurus and I have an incredibly heightened, I think all five senses, but especially sense of touch. Yes. Interesting. To the point where I think that I'm dialed in an interesting way. Like he, I love heat. Like I could take the hottest shower. Like it could be basically fire pouring onto my body and I can handle it. But if the second you put ice anywhere near me, it's like pain. So it's like, I think that a lot of Tauruses, I think again, because it's like a very earthy sign, there's an element that they're so sensitive to, to the touch. I hear that a lot from people. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then I had to add this one in because my youngest son, Riley, is an Aries. And when I saw this, I laughed right out loud when I... My, my son's an Aries rising. Okay, ready for this? The Aries are the most accident prone. (laughs) (laughs) That tracks for both of them, but certainly for Riley. Yeah, it definitely tracks for both of them. And it definitely tracks for Riley. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are my fun facts. Tell us a little bit about the astrologers that you follow and how you kind of have to be discerning with, with who you follow. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously use your own intuition when you're finding different people online does does this person's do their posts feel right when you're looking at them mm-hmm. do they feel too strange or cheesy or definitely look for appropriation look for cultural appropriation that's a big thing that we need to be very aware of there has been some recent controversy with that in i know on social media with certain very famous astrologers kind of it being shown that they actually have a lot of ties to white supremacy. So be careful. Right. Following. <laughs> Agreed. And so I follow a bunch of these people. We're going to put them in the show notes for you so you can follow them. You know, you might not love them all, um, but just keep looking. And I think it's again, going back to the whole sun sign thing that if you see an astrologer and it doesn't hit right away, it doesn't mean that you throw the whole astrology thing out the window, right? You know, you just find the thing that works for you. You find the astrologer that, that works for you. Yeah. Um, ones that you connect with for sure. Right. So I love Aliza Kelly. She's incredible. Love her. Actually, when I was researching about astrology, so many articles came up that were written by her. She really knows her stuff. Yeah. She's in a lot of really popular magazines, mm-hmm. but she's also very authentic and grounded and is very honest about, you know, that, you know, white supremacy is tied to all of this. And that if, if you're not actively working for human rights, then, you know, you're not really working with astrology and intuition. Yeah. I would like to be friends with her. Can we put that on our list of things to manifest? Same. Love her. Colin Bedell. He, Mm -hmm. his um, handle is at queer cosmos on Instagram. Love him. So smart. It's so incredibly smart and well-read. And when you hear him speak, your mind will be blown, but he's also so funny and charming. Love. He's so entertaining at the same time. He's got a big thing for Britney Spears, which <laughs> same. I, I love him. Yeah. Um, the Sagittarian mind. I don't know what his name is. Like his name isn't anywhere. He, he's, I love him because he posts a lot of um, sort of infographics. Mm-hmm. He'll just say like, if you're, if your ascendant is Scorpio, check for this. And it, they're these really quick hits of information. Love. Super fun. Marcella Kroll. She is into tarot cards. She has her own deck that she produced. Um, 
I love that she's an outspoken neurodivergent artist, intuitive deck creator, but she also pulls a lot of astrology into her work too. So I love her page. Yeah. Embodied astrology is great. And Alice Sparkly Cat, she's also great. I'll write all this down so you don't have to remember all the handles. Um, We'll put it in the show notes. But that's just a handful of the people that I follow that I think that that would be a good starting place for people. Absolutely. And, and follow it, start to get familiar with it, get your natal chart. Like we said, cafe astrology, you can get it for free, print it out, you can save it and, or you can get the sanctuary app or both. I have both. Um, and it's super, super helpful. It's, it's overwhelming though. Like if you're, if you're just getting into it, or maybe you, you haven't like looked at yours in a while, you're going to get all this information. It's, it's like pages upon pages, like a book about yourself. It's like your user manual. (laughs) That's exactly, that's a really excellent analogy actually as a user manual. And I think it can be easy to turn away from it, to feel like overwhelmed by it and, and just sort of put it down. Mm-hmm. But if you just take it in little bits and start working into it, or if you're struggling with something and you look at what planet rules this thing you're struggling with, that's a great place to start. I love that suggestion. Start with your big three. Get comfortable yeah. with those. Chances are you know your sun sign, but get into your moon sign and your rising sign and like get familiar with those and work through those. Then look through everything else. Just kind of like scan through and go, does anything not feel like it lines up? Do I have a big reaction? You know, like we talked about some of our reactions to any of this because just something to lean into. There's probably some great juicy work for you there. Have other people who know you tell you, you know, like you had to tell me, Jay, that I am a nurturing person. Like, you know, <laughs> have other people sort of tell you their view on it. And I love that advice that you gave, like whatever you've got going on, look in your chart about what sort of aligns with that. And you're going to get, it's like somebody giving you like a hint. (laughs) Right. It's like a little bit of a cheat code. It's a, a, you're unlocking it. Or say if Mercury is retrograde. Yeah. Look up your Mercury. Yes, exactly. To where you might have some troubles. Exactly. Exactly right. And you can understand what kind of things are going to most likely be tripping you up during a Mercury retrograde. And you can even sometimes tell, you know, what sign is Mercury in when it goes into retrograde? And is that a sign that aligns with my Mercury? Because that's most likely going to be the one that kicks your ass. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's a good way to show how layered astrology is because you're looking at what sign is this Mercury retrograde happening in at the mm-hmm. current moment? But then you're looking at what planet your Mercury's in. So it, it does feel like it can be complicated, but think of it more as layering. Thinking, Think of it more as things for you just to sort of unfurl and look at, and then it'll start to be like you're putting puzzle pieces together and it'll start to click. Exactly right. Now, when I was researching for this episode, um, I had this like, moment of it was like a facepalm moment for me of like why am I not doing this what I was like so you know a little bit about this and I've shared just like a little bit on the podcast but that my youngest son has um post-concussion syndrome and like lots of other injuries he's recovering from a brain injury that he had from um an accident on his bike Mm-hmm. And there's so many challenges with that. And lately there's been like extra challenges with that. And I keep getting to a place of like frustration. And you know, that feeling as a mom where you're just like, why can't I figure out how to fix this? Yes. 
Yes, I do. And I'm I'm researching for this and I'm like, why aren't I looking in his chart at this? <sighs> because no one ever says to do that. You've ne- we don't see that modeled. Yeah. So I, I just downloaded his and I, I haven't gone through it yet and, and everything, but I was like, like some of the issues are with trying to get back into school and to make that work. And I'm like, why am I not looking to that? You know, if your kids are struggling with, you know, adjusting in the world of, of like COVID and getting back into stuff and all that kind of stuff, you look, look to their charts. You can get some hints as to how to help them. It's, it can be something like that, that major can be simplified for you. Right. And I love doing that and just sort of coding a couple key words for each thing so that when my kid is then struggling with it, I then sort of trigger those couple coded words. Oh, he needs this, you know, love, attention, reassurance. You know what I mean? Like you code those words in. So then it it trips the wire that, okay, this is how I support him right now. Exactly. If you are married or have some sort of partner in your life, you need to know their chart. (laughs) Right. You need to be able to look it up when you, when you need to, like, I see a lot of jokey posts on um, social media and I really enjoy them where it's like the the guy, it's like from the guy's perspective, like he's texting his mom, like, what's my birth time and location? And she's like, run. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. But you, yeah, know that if you have someone you work closely with at work, great information to know, not so that you can trick them or something, but so that you can better work together with them. If you understand different things about them, it's really helpful. Absolutely. It's getting the user manual to other people as well. Exactly. Yeah. And figuring out how do you two work together? It's not just spying and getting, you know, the cheat cheating in on someone else's personality. It's understanding how you two work together. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So that's, that's my thing. I I think natal charts should be much more a part of life. I feel like when you go to the doctor's office, they should pull out your medical chart and your natal chart. I feel like when you go to school, the teachers should be able to refer to your natal chart. Like if Uh only we use this amazing tool more in society. Agreed. Love it. All right. So that's, that's all I got for you. And I think I would love to hear from people if you had any moments like Jamie and I had in our charts where we were like, wait, what? And like had trouble sort of identifying or reconciling it. I would love to hear from you guys about that because I'm just trying to see if my theory is right. That like, you know, growing up sort of hiding who you are, there's going to be aspects of that that kind of are hard to sit with. Yeah. And that's where the magic is. Those mm-hmm. moments. You're so right about that, that leaning into those things, any big reaction, if you're like, oh, yes, that really aligns or, oh, gosh, no, that doesn't feel good. That's, That's where it is. Yeah. That's where it is. All right. Thanks, Jay. Let's let's go study our uh, natal charts some more. Yes. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Can I ask everyone listening to do us a favor? Can you please go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on, can you go on for us, please? And like, whatever it's asking you to do, like, like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us. Hey. 
Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.